This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. Has the Georgia Republican Party ever been more divided? Not in living memory, at least. This week, Republican former U.S. Senator David Perdue upended Georgia politics with his announcement that he'll primary incumbent Governor Brian Kemp, who's running for re-election next year. Unfortunately, today, we're divided, and Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger are to blame. Look, I like Brian. This isn't personal. It's simple. He has failed all of us and cannot win in November. The announcement exposes the chasm that's opened up in the party since Donald Trump lost the state in 2020. And Purdue, who also lost his Senate seat earlier this year, is now claiming that he's the only one who can beat Democrat Stacey Abrams for governor. But the big question is, will what happens in the GOP primary next year be a sign of the Republican Party's direction nationwide? For more on what's shaping up to be yet another dramatic year in Georgia politics, I'm joined by GPB reporter Stephen Fowler. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, Steve. How's it going? What factored into David Perdue's decision to run against Brian Kemp? The easiest answer is Trump. Let's go back just a little bit. Georgia, one of the battleground states in the 2020 election, demographically and politically has shifted over the last decade, no longer the white rural Republican bastion. Donald Trump won the state in 2016. It looked like it was going to be close in 2020. And when all the votes were counted and counted and counted again, Joe Biden narrowly won Georgia's electoral college votes. And Trump didn't like that. That was a rigged election. I want to thank you very much. Hello, Georgia, by the way. In the meantime, there were two Senate runoffs, David Perdue and Kelly Leffler, trying to hold on to their seats against John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. So while these campaigns are trying to get out the vote, uh, Donald Trump was trying to get back the vote from 2020 and claiming that he won and there was massive fraud and that it was taken from him. So what ended up happening is Democrats won those seats too, in part because of the large number of conservative Trump voters that stayed home. So now Joe Biden is president, two Democratic senators and Democrats control the Senate, and Donald Trump is looking for somebody to take out his anger and rage on. And We've seen a lot of it with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, Georgia's chief election official, who did not find votes like Trump asked him to do. And Brian Kemp, who had the misfortune of being a very conservative governor who also knows what it's like to be the secretary of state and didn't overturn the election. So Trump's been asking for somebody to primary Brian Kemp. He's been asking David Perdue, who has time on his hands now. And what you see is Trump's wish is granted. The Kemp-Purdue relationship, I mean, these are two people who have been in Georgia politics for quite a while. David Purdue has even called Brian Kemp a friend, right? I mean, what is their relationship like up to now, anyway? In 2010, Sonny Purdue, David's cousin, was the governor of Georgia, and he appointed Brian Kemp to be secretary of state. Brian Kemp then won that seat and served for eight years as secretary of state when Kemp ran for governor. Sonny Perdue helped campaign for him. And in fact, in the GOP primary runoff, Kemp wasn't the favorite. That would be Casey Cagle, who was a lieutenant governor. And then one week before the primary runoff, Donald Trump, via a tweet out of nowhere, endorsed Brian Kemp for governor. 
Kemp has always been a solid supporter of Trump, and he won the governorship back in 2018 in part because President Trump endorsed him and personally campaigned for him here. And that kind of helped seal the deal. Now, we found out later that that was orchestrated by Sonny Perdue and his cousin, U.S. Senator David Perdue. And even, Steve, if you go as recently as this summer, David Perdue has been an ally of Brian Kemp. At the Georgia Republican Party State Convention on Jekyll Island, I was there. Brian Kemp was introduced by David Perdue. So when Perdue launched his campaign this week with a video message saying, it's nothing personal, <laughs> lots of red flags and alarm bells go off because this is an incredibly personal thing for Purdue to go back on his long-term ally and primary Brian Kemp. Well, you mentioned being at the GOP convention when David Perdue introduced Brian Kemp. There were people in the crowd who were booing Brian Kemp, right? Yeah. In the 2016 election, Trump kind of really took over the direction and driving the train of the Republican Party. And in the five years since then, he's gone full steam ahead. Now, not everyone is quite so sold on having Republican conservatism be Trumpism. You know, there are some that are obviously never Trumpers that didn't vote for him in 2020 and didn't support him. And there are others who say, mm, we like these things, but maybe not the style. And then there are some that say, we like the, you know, we like the style and we don't care about policies. And so while lots of Georgia Republicans have focused on the past in 2020 and trying to fight election stuff, um, there are some that are trying to look ahead and acknowledge that the party is cratering with support and running out of rural, white, older, conservative voters, and they need to expand the party. So that was on display this summer when Kemp did get a few boos from people that think he's a traitor to the party, and mainly to Trump. Well, you mentioned this continuum of Republicans, some of whom on one side are never Trumpers and the other who are his steadfast supporters no matter what. Where does Brian Kemp sort of stand on that continuum? This is the really interesting, puzzling part, Steve, because Brian Kemp is probably one of the most conservative leaders that Georgia has ever seen. In his first governor's race, he cut ads with explosions and shotguns and big old trucks to round up illegal immigrants. I'm Brian Kemp. I'm so conservative, I blow up government spending. I own guns that no one's taken away. My chainsaw's ready to rip up some regulations. There really shouldn't be any question of his conservative bona fides. It, since taking office, he's championed things like cracking down on human trafficking and stopping gangs and, you know, signed a very strict abortion law into place and shrank government spending. The voter law, too. Two different voting laws. You know, in 2019, there was a big voting bill overhaul that gave us new voting machines and tweaked a bunch of laws. And then in 2021, there was a massive 98-page voting law that he got roundly criticized by Democrats and voting rights groups for suppressing the vote and cracking down on the vote. But he committed the cardinal sin of going against Trump. Tweet. Here's President Trump's tweet squarely attacking Georgia's governor and secretary of state. He criticized them for not allowing the Trump campaign to examine ballot signatures. And I asked the governor if he supports these results in Georgia. I'm as frustrated as he is with how this process has played out with ballots showed up, showing up that were missed in the first count. 
in many other things. But I have a duty under the laws and the Constitution of the state as governor, just like the Secretary of State does, and that's what I've been following. So, Stephen, several months ago, we have, amid this growing split within the Republican Party, we have Vernon Jones, a former Democrat, saying that he was going to primary Brian Kemp. You know, it got a little coverage, but not a ton, because it didn't appear that Vernon Jones was going to be a real credible threat to Brian Kemp in a Republican primary next year. You know, Vernon Jones is not somebody to be dismissed. Vernon Jones has represented that core constituency of Trump supporters angry about the 2020 election results, mobilized to get out and vote and do something about it, and unhappy with Brian Kemp. I am officially announcing my candidacy for the governor of the great state of Georgia. Jones was a longtime Democratic state lawmaker and DeKalb County CEO who switched to the Republican Party in January and was often seen at Trump presidential campaign rallies. And now that David Perdue's in the race, as a quick aside, Vernon Jones is going to be an incredibly important person because where his voters go or don't go if they don't vote could be an important factor in both who wins the primary and who wins the general election. Basically, ever since January 7th or so, and Democrats would control all three branches of government, there's been mounting pressure for somebody to go against Brian Kemp. Trump has said it in rallies and media appearances in his emailed statements that come off. I mean, Brian Kemp has been attacked just about more than Democrats have. Kemp's campaign central argument, or at least one of their primary arguments against the candidacy of David Perdue is, look, he's running for governor and he lost his own seat in 2020. He can't win against a Democrat as a Senate candidate. How is he going to do that against Stacey Abrams as a gubernatorial candidate? Right. And Brian Kemp points out he's the only one that's beat Stacey Abrams. You know, he won in 2018 by about 55,000 votes. But Kemp is pulling out all the stops in this to really burn it all down and ensure that uh, the decision to primary him is going to not be something taken lightly and also not something that will be forgotten. Well, a spokesperson for Governor Kemp's campaign put out a statement today saying in part, quote, Purdue's only reason for running is to soothe his own bruised ego. It went on to criticize Purdue, saying, quoting, dunking debates, padding his stock portfolio during the pandemic and losing winnable races. One of the things that maybe surprised me is the ferocity of the response by the Kemp campaign immediately to the news of David Purdue's uh, announcement that he would primary the governor. Were you surprised that David Purdue stepped in? I've talked to a lot of Republicans in the last few days and even the last few weeks, and none of them think David Perdue getting into this race is a good idea. What a lot of conservatives have said is that they think this is about David Perdue's ego more than anything else, because David Perdue doesn't necessarily have a base to draw from. He doesn't have the grassroots endorsements in the same way that Brian Kemp does. And now there have been other Republicans that have traveled to Mar-a-Lago and Trump has asked if they were interested in running for governor and running against Brian Kemp. And they all said no, because it would be political, you know, just a political downfall, unlike anything else that they had ever encountered. And that's not a good sign. Why is it not a good sign? This is basically the worst time to have a, you know all-out family food fight within the Republican Party. Georgia has added more than a million new residents in the last decade. Most of them, almost all of them, are 
not white and younger and moving to the metro Atlanta areas and places that vote for Democrats. And so the Democratic Party is on the rise at the same time as the Republican Party is just really fighting for its future identity. And that has left an opening where Stacey Abrams could have a relatively easy path to victory. She's been credited with helping Democrats with strong voter turnout in the last presidential and Senate elections, where Democrats Joe Biden, Raphael Warnock, and John Ossoff won. Former President Donald Trump releasing this statement, calling Abrams the hoax and writing that Trump supporters will not be voting for Kemp after, quote, what he did with respect to election integrity in two horribly run elections. How can the Georgia GOP pick up the pieces after what's sure to be a divisive primary? That's next. This is Georgia Today. You're listening to Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. I'm joined by GPB political reporter Stephen Fowler. Stephen, you mentioned that there are few Republicans with more consistent conservative bona fides than Brian Kemp. So when David Perdue is making an argument that he is the better candidate to become governor, I mean, what is the foundation of his argument that he should be governor from a from a governing perspective? I mean, in Perdue's launch video, he mentions eliminating the state income tax, which is something that probably isn't going to happen and can't happen without raising sales taxes. He's mentioned tackling crime and making our cities feel safe, but didn't have specific policies. And he said, And let me be very clear. Over my dead body, will we ever give Stacey Abrams control of our elections again? Abrams will smile, lie, and cheat. Stacey Abrams has never been in charge of elections. Attacking Abrams and talking about the elections indicates that this campaign is built on opposition to Stacey Abrams and not being Brian Kemp and little else at this point. I'm David Perdue. I'm running for governor to make sure Stacey Abrams is never governor of Georgia. Let's game this out a little. We are anticipating a fierce, fierce battle uh, between David Perdue and Brian Kemp uh, and also Vernon Jones over the coming months leading up to next year's primary. That is going to soak up not only a lot of attention, but it's also going to soak up a lot of money. Where does the GOP money go and and how fierce will the battle be for that? And then how equipped will whoever wins the primary be to face Stacey Abrams, who is going to be incredibly well equipped financially to mount a campaign? There are a couple different things that could be likely scenarios. One is that Brian Kemp wins the primary, but is weakened by Purdue and Trump's attacks which opens the door for Stacey Abrams to win statewide in November. Another option is David Perdue somehow beats Brian Kemp and people that didn't vote for Trump in 2020 and didn't like the Trumpism and switched, especially in the suburbs, to vote for Joe Biden and Democrats might deflect from the Republican Party to Stacey Abrams. And David Perdue would win a united Republican Party but one too small to win the most number of votes. 
If Brian Kemp wins, is Trump going to get behind him and say, I'm sorry, Brian, let's defeat Stacey Abrams? But looking at the history and looking at the visceral responses that a lot of hardcore conservative primary voters have felt to Trump losing in 2020, you can probably get a pretty good picture of how things are going to go. Trump's endorsement doesn't necessarily carry the same weight as it did four or five years ago after he became president. I mean, there are Trump-endorsed candidates in other states and other places that might win the primary, but definitely won't win the general. The question is, what kind of campaign is going to be backed with a Trump endorsement? You've got Herschel Walker for U.S. Senate, who's kind of keeping a low profile, not really saying a whole lot about Trump, not really saying a whole lot about anything. That may benefit him in a Senate primary. You've got Burt Jones, the lieutenant governor candidate with a Trump endorsement. He's aggressively campaigning across the state. He's using the Trump endorsement. He's talking about his policies. But it's really going to come down to who's a campaigner and who convinces the most people to vote for them. And right now, David Perdue is probably the third best campaigner on the Republican primary side. Stephen, how much does the Trump wing of the Republican Party, how much of its future is riding, I'm talking nationally now, how much of its future is riding on the outcome of the elections in Georgia next year? Based on my reporting and the conversations I've had, a large portion of Trumpism's success in 2024 and beyond is going to come down to Georgia. Because Virginia, you had the governor flip to a Republican who had Trump's support, but it was kind of at an arm's distance away. He didn't embrace Trump a whole lot. Trump didn't come there. But here in Georgia, how do you think it would look if Trump and Republicans lost the 2020 presidential race to U.S. Senate seats, control of the U.S. Senate, and then in, in 2022, lost the governor's mansion and lieutenant governor and attorney general and secretary of state and a Senate seat again, you know, how strong do you think Trumpism would be coming out of that in a state that is still a battleground and is not unwinnable for Republicans like very deep blue states? I think there are some in the Republican Party that might secretly root for a Stacey Abrams victory in Georgia so they can begin to loosen the stranglehold of Trump on the Republican Party. Abrams tells me she's tuning out the other side. I am not interested in the internecine fights of the Republican Party. I'm interested in improving the lives of Georgians. I think it's important to go beyond the splashy headlines of Trump and beyond the splashy David Perdue getting in, mounting a primary challenges. When you look at it, most Republicans in Georgia like Brian Kemp. They support Brian Kemp. They support the policies that Brian Kemp has done. Time will tell, but I don't think Brian Kemp is in a very vulnerable position to lose this primary to David Perdue. I think also that off the bat, I think you would have to give the advantage to a united Democratic Party behind Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock that has the infrastructure in place. What impact could Donald Trump announcing he's going to run again in 2024? Let's say he he makes that announcement sometime between now and the and the. Republican primary. Will that have any impact on on how the primary might go or the, or the general for that matter? Oh, absolutely. Trump being on the ballot 
is a gift to both Democrats and some Republicans. And so I, I think if you want to make an election a referendum on Trump, that's a good way to take the Republican Party further to the right and oust a bunch of conservatives and out a bunch of more moderate voters. It might change some of the primary outcomes and maybe make the general even more favorable for Democrats because uh, Donald Trump didn't win in 2020. And even though uh, Joe Biden's favorability has dropped, that's still a motivating factor to have people show up again and might take the midterms in a different direction. You spoke earlier about David Perdue's ego as maybe one of the contributing factors in his decision to challenge Brian Kemp. Can you talk a little bit more about that? David Perdue won in 2014 as this conservative outsider. He had this jean jacket on, Fortune 500 CEO, very successful his entire life and career. And he lost a Senate race to a young 30-something photogenic uh, filmmaker that has no business experience, no governing experience. Kelly Leffler and David Perdue got ousted. You know, Raphael Warnock is a civil rights leader, pastor, done a lot of organizing work. But John Ossoff is, relatively speaking, just a kid off the street who beat a Fortune 500 CEO. Do you have any insight into how Brian Kemp is feeling right now personally about David Perdue? Brian Kemp has been preparing for the last three years for a rematch with Stacey Abrams. I think he relishes the opportunity to try and beat her again. Good afternoon, everybody. Governor Brian Kemp talked to us about the Abrams candidacy and about why he wants to remain governor. Kemp beat Abrams by roughly 54,000 votes three years ago, and he thinks he can beat her again. Well, I've been working so hard on our fundraising, having a record first quarter. We're going to have a record second quarter, and we're just going to keep going. I've been in the fight and looking forward to it. David Perdue getting into the race complicates that. And so I think you're seeing with the aggressive ads, with the aggressive statements, when all is said and done, that Brian Kemp is going to leave nothing on the table. And I think that's a mode that he's kind of operated in his whole life and political career. And in many ways, this is no different. I've been speaking with Stephen Fowler from GPB News. We're still almost six months from the primary, but results from the first poll, at least, are in. Among 500 likely Republican voters, polled by Fox 5 Atlanta and Insider Advantage right after Purdue's announcement, 34% said if the election were held today, they'd vote for Kemp. But another 34% said they would vote for Purdue. It's going to be a long six months. Georgia Today is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Jess Mador is our producer. Our engineers are Jesse Nyswanger and Jake Cook. You can keep up with Georgia Today by subscribing to the show at gpb.org or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next week.